In the Christian calendar, we take four weeks leading up to Christmas to focus on four things. Hope, peace, love, and joy. So this week, we'll focus on peace. Um, peace can be one of those things that is, um, is defined differently by different people. Some people think of peace as the quiet and the stillness, right? Others say it's like the absence of fighting and restored relationships. It might be the absence of chaos, like your schedules and your work, everything align, and there's, there's not this chaos going on in your life. It might be the absence of fear, anxiety. It's the, the well-being, our well-being and our mental health. We all long for and desire peace in our lives. I was sitting um, a while back at Maplewood Coffee, and if you're ever looking to, to meet up with me, you can find me there pretty often on the weekdays. But I was sitting there one, uh, a while back with a friend, and she was um, dealing with her father's um, quickly de- declining health. She was telling me about how she was traveling back and forth from Portland to Seattle and having to be a mediator between her father and her mother, having to be um, the one taking care of financial decisions and final wishes. At the same time, she was a wife, and she had two kids in school, elementary school, not just, you know, I mean, that already, being an elementary school parent, is difficult enough, but upon that, there was all these other stresses. In between sips of coffee, she would, she would well up with tears, and she would just kind of wipe the, the corners of her eyes and, and then kind of gather herself up like she was pulling herself, by her, pulling herself up by her bootstraps and was like, okay, I just got to get through this. At the same time, she was sharing all her fears and anxiety. She, she would just, you know, have that quiver in her voice. And I would sit there, and I'm just listening, right? And one thing she said that, that really kind of struck me, was she said, I, I just kind of want um, this all to end so that I can have peace again. This is a common story Right? Not, not this specific circumstance, but it's a common story that we all have stresses and struggles. We all have anxiety. We all have fears. We all have worries. And when they start to compile on each other, there's this desperation of trying to find peace, trying to figure out what's next, trying to, to pull it all together. Sometimes all we really want is to get out of the situation. And that's the only way we can think of finding peace. But the Bible describes peace differently. It it describes peace differently than the idea of the absence of chaos, fear, anxiety, stress, and strife. If you look in the Bible, 
the Old Testament word is shalom. The New Testament word is arene. Both words meaning peace. For the Hebrew shalom, it's a completeness and a wholeness, a state of well-being between relationships and situations. In the Greek, it's arene, and it says a wholeness when all essential parts are joined back together. Last week, Dom spoke about hope. He took us to a passage in Genesis, a familiar story of Adam and Eve. And I want to take us back there this week. It's not the typical Christmas passage that you go through, but it it gives us insight on the very beginning of peace. Okay? So we start out, and, and Adam and Eve were in a perfect relationship with God. But they fell. They fell when the serpent came and he lied to them. God gave Adam and Eve this freedom to eat and use everything in the garden except to eat from the tree of good and evil. They had everything else they could eat from. They had everything else to to roam around and enjoy. But he said, just don't eat from that tree. So the serpent came and he lies to them. He said, and he convinced them that their image, their their being made in the image of God was not enough. Right? Because we know that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. But, But the serpent said, that's not enough. Right? You want to be like God. Right? They said, he said, all this stuff isn't enough. You want to eat from that tree. So they disobeyed. They disobeyed God's instruction and they ate. And from that point on, their eyes were opened. And all of a sudden, they felt shame. They felt sin. They felt separation. And that's where we pick up in Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, who was God among the trees and of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. In the beginning, there was peace. Peace was not equated with stillness or quiet. It wasn't equated with the absence of chaos, fear, anxiety, strife, or fighting. Peace was equated with nearness to God. All those other things chaos, fear, anxiety, strife. It didn't exist yet. It wasn't there. But God was there. There was peace because God was near. God walked with his people. He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. 
all was as it was meant to be. There was a personal relationship between God, the Father, and his created human beings, Adam and Eve. Peace with God was unrestricted. Can you imagine that? The idea that God was in the garden walking with them. Every day they would get up. They would walk in the garden, everything at their disposal. And God was there. Sometimes we skip over this because the Bible goes so quickly. We just skip over this idea of, man, they were created, man and woman were created, and then they fell. But we don't think about what was between that fall and actual relationship with God. There was peace. Everything was together. There was this beautiful garden. Access to his presence was then interrupted when Adam and Eve sinned. They were sent away from the garden in Genesis 3.24, and their relationship was broken, and mankind continued to distance themselves from God. Today, we are in the same situation as Adam and Eve were. We are separated from God. Because of our sin, we have a lack of peace. We don't sense God near us sometimes. Romans 3.23 explains it like this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are, just, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the, tempta- the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When I talk about sin, sometimes it's, it's hard to describe, but the way I tell my kids uh, and talk to my kids about sin is when we put ourselves before God and others. It seems really simple, but think about it. The greatest commandment is to love God and love others. And so we break God's commandment when we put ourselves before God. Selfishly, we choose things, and we say, God's not enough, so I want this, I want that, I'll do this, I'll do that. The same thing is when we put ourselves before others. We hurt other people because of what we want and what we desire. So sin can come out of that. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's a distance between us and God, and we're unable to fully connect because we are incapable of not sinning. We're all narcissistic. We all want to focus on ourselves and get what we want. So we fall short. But here's the good news. God wants to be near us. He is the pursuer of relationship. He sent Jesus Christ to be that peace. So Romans 24 says, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It is Christ Jesus that brings peace. Ephesians 2.13 says it this way. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus comes to offer peace to others. Jesus made peace between messed up people and our creator. He restored the relationship between himself and us, men and women. Do you see that? It's Jesus that actually, the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, begins this new nearness that for ages people longed for. They longed to be near to God. They wanted to be close. They wanted relationship with him. They had to sacrifice things. They had to do all these rituals. They had to keep all these commands. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes in and says, I am the Prince of Peace. I bring the nearness of God. God is coming here, coming into the world in flesh and blood. What these passages are actually talking about is knowing we have peace with God. The theological understanding is a position of justification, right? It's really kind of out here, theological. It's like Jesus actually paid the price for our sins. When he came into the world, he lived, he died, he rose again. That's our position of justification. So we had a relationship with, we have a relationship with God. And then we were distant. And, and then all of a sudden, we have hope, right? Like Dom talked about last week. And when we put our faith in Jesus, our hope in Jesus as that justification, then we have something new. We have peace. We finally have a nearness to God when we believe that Jesus is the one. God and his grace and his mercy sends Jesus to bring peace, to be our justification, our atoning sacrifice, so that we can be near him. For those who have put your faith in Jesus, you have this. We know this to be true. But how does the truth of, of this theological position actually do anything for us? How does it actually change our day-to-day experience? How are we actually experiencing peace in our lives? If peace isn't the absence of chaos, fear, anxiety, and strife, but is more about the presence of God in our lives, then we need to approach these situations differently. How often do we pray for these feelings and situations to just go away? How many times do you find yourself praying, God, take this fear and anxiety away? Take this worry away. God, fix the stress in my marriage. Fix the stress in my workplace, with my finances. Just fix it. Lord, why can't, why can't we just 
have a moment of calm in our house? Why can't we have a moment of, of just peace? Take it away, right? And we strive and we struggle and we get mad and we, we have no peace. But God says we have a position of peace. We have this justification in our lives, right? But until we actually let it come in here and we experience it, then all this is great knowledge. But it's not knowing God. It's a knowledge of what God's doing. It's not knowing God. So how do we get there? How do we move from that to this, right? How do I stop just praying, take it all away? How do I stop praying, just, just bring peace? God did not just bring us into existence and leave us to our own devices. Sometimes we think that, right? It's the idea of de- uh, God is a deist, like deism, like you spin the world, God spins the world, creates it, and then he steps away and just lets us do our thing. We live functionally like that, right? We think God is so far away, he doesn't care about my little things. He doesn't care about the worries I have. But that's not true. He desires to be present with us in the good and in the bad, in the joys and in the struggles. Instead of asking God to take it away, he reminds us that he is near and he is present. He sees your fear. He sees your anxiety. He sees everything that you're going through. He says, I see you, son. I see you, sis. I want to be there with you. And so he says, will you invite me into that? Scripture shows us clearly that he wants to be there. He's saying, invite me into that. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my righteous hand. John 14.27 says, says this, he was talking to the disciples, and he was telling them that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, right? And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus left the Holy Spirit with us. He gives us the Holy Spirit to con- continually be our help our helper. It's a peace that the world can't give. The world tries to escape, distract, cover up, medicate. They try everything to find peace, but God comes near and gives us Holy Spirit. It's a peace that the world can't give. Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, not, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even in the valley of death, when you feel like it's over, 
He's there to comfort you. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not fear for uh, do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is a God that wants to be with you. He wants to be near you. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Do not be about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The peace of God, his nearness, the nearness of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the arrival of peace. We can experience the nearness of God because of him now, today. Again, just knowing that God is near in that position of, of, of peace is really part of the faith journey. It's actually now the experiencing of that peace is what we desire too. Right? So we want to talk about and, and ask ourselves, what are some tangible ways that we can experience the peace of Jesus? The peace of Jesus that he offers us. So let me tell you some of the tangible ways and the different rhythms that I've tried over the years and, and have, um, have experienced the peace of God in my life. One of the ways that I'm really bad at is, is memori memorizing God's word. I've tried a lot of different ways. I know Kelly is just starting to like really begin to try and memorize more of the word. But what I've done is I have different scrap papers, verses that have encouraged me, and I just shove them in my Bible. I have an app on my phone where I'm just like taking verses that have encouraged me and have have pointed me to truth, and I just put them in my notes, right? So when I'm struggling, when I'm in that fear, when I'm in that anxiety time, when I'm stressing out, I'll go, oh, there's a verse for that. And I'll go back and I'll go, oh, yes. Here it is. So memorizing scripture, keeping those passages close to you, using what you have with technology is okay. But it's something, right? To experience the nearness of God. Those verses that I just rattled off are all part of that. Those are the ones I keep in my Bible, in my notes. There's a website um, that Rebecca Lyons just uh, put together, rebeccalyons.com, and she has in her free section just 30 verses to combat anxiety and fear, which many of us struggle with in the society, right, in this culture. So RebeccaLyons.com has this 30 verses printed out, or just go take a look and just pull out the ones that bring that comfort to you and remind you God is near, okay? I've been, uh, in the last couple months, holding, keeping a thankfulness journal, 
the more that, um, that I acknowledge God and what he's doing in my life, the more that I, I can see and be thankful for, the more I, I actually recognize his presence, that he hasn't just left me to, to my own devices, right? So I keep a journal and just go, God, I'm thankful for this today. I'm thankful that my kids are doing well in school. I'm thankful that my wife is working full time. I'm thankful for just peace and quiet around the house today. And I recognize those things as gifts from God. And I go, God's still with me. He's still near. He still cares about these things. One of the things this last year that um, I'm learning how to do is to slow down and breathe. I'm a guy that rushes around. I put tons of stuff in my calendar and just keep going and going. And what happens is it creates more stress. It creates more um, friction because I'm not paying attention to what's ahead of me. And so I'll just keep rushing around. What I've learned to do is, is slow down and breathe. And in that breathing, I recognize that I'm in a hurry, and what it's doing is I'm, I'm totally not connecting with God, and I'm totally distracted by my, my wheels turning. So again, there's an app for that. If you, you, I'm, I'm always pulling apps up. But it taught me how to breathe, you know? Like just to slow down and go take a deep breath in, breathe out. And I realize I don't breathe. I'm just <sighs> that rat race. And so to slow down for five minutes and just slowly breathe, and not just clearing my mind, but just going, God, where are you? What do you want for, for me today? How do you want me to live today? In that breathing and just taking that And what you find is actually when you do that regularly, in the stressful moments, you actually, it's, it's what you teach your little kids to do, right? When the little kids are going crazy, you go, stop, breathe. God has totally had to do that with me this year and go, stop, you're out of control. You need to breathe. And me in my crazy self, go, oh, okay. And then I go, and I'll go, and I'll go, right? But at least I'm learning how to slow down in the moment and seeing that God is near and he wants to be a part of what's going on. The last thing, and you've heard us t talk about this over and over for three or four years now, is this idea of being in the word on a regular basis, daily basis, we're challenging many of you at least three times a day, or three times, not a day, three times a week, to be in the Word and soaping. Soaping stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And again, it's kind of slowing down and going, reading through scripture slowly, observing what God wants to, to say to you, looking for, so how do I live that out? and praying through that. And as you do that, you become more connected to 
God's heart, his rhythm, how to live life in a way that is powerful, is abundant, is peaceful, because God is near. So those are four ways that I'm practically not doing perfectly, but I'm trying to put these things in place because I need Jesus close. I need his peace that passes all understanding. And what I've found is this. Peace is not the absence of chaos, but it's the presence of God in the chaos. Peace is not the absence of chaos. It's the presence of God in the chaos. A familiar Christmas verse that we read each year is John 1, 4 through 5. And it says, In him was life, and the life was light. It was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In my darkness, in my strife, in my striving, in my anxiety, in my worry, when I invite Jesus into that space, he is the light that overcomes the darkness. That darkness won't overcome me. It brings peace to a place where I'm chaotic. It brings peace to a place where I'm so scared. It brings peace to a place where I'm out of control. But God is near. And that's what Jesus brings this season of Advent. He is near and he's the Prince of Peace. He's brought God closer to us. Monsieur, what brings you that sense of God near to you? What are the practices that you're putting into place? Slowly take the time to think about how you connect with God because that's actually where he's the closest, right? We're all created differently. You can take some of the things that I've practiced or whatever works for you. If it's a hike, if it's yoga, if it's whatever you do that brings you a closeness to God, maybe put that into practice, put that into a rhythm. What rhythms can you put into practice inviting God's presence and his peace? Because we don't want to just know about God. We want to know God. We don't want to just know that God brings peace. We want peace actually to come. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And as we sing more songs, as we come in a place to connect with the Father, I invite you to the table to remind you that peace is here. The nearness of God came through Jesus Christ. His body and his blood shed for you that you may be justified 
that you may be forgiven, that you may experience the nearness of God, the peace of God in your life now, today. And I pray, guys, that it's not that we try to keep escaping the chaos and the fear and the anxiety and the stress and the strife, but that we invite God into that, that he is near.